Hello, viewers, and welcome back to the uh, Hit or Miss Big Screen podcast. The first of two very special episodes where we are joined by guests, which you'll know if you were listening to our Interstellar review last week. Uh, I am joined by the chaps from uh, the MCU Corner to Corner podcast. Uh, would you like to introduce yourself, guys? Yeah. Hi, Mike. Yeah. I, I'm Paul. I, I just thought I'd get in there because I could see Jeff's lips about to move. So I thought I'd just dive in pretty quick. But yes. <laughs> Thanks for having us on here, mate. It's, uh, it's going to no be worries. good fun. Uh, hi. Uh, good evening, everyone. I'm Jeff. Um, and I'm the other half of the uh, MCU Corner to Corner podcast. Yes. A uh, little bit of a uh, podcast crossover symmetry here. So we're yeah. going to be supporting each other. But as I mentioned, uh, if you did listen to last week's episode, didn't want to step on any toes, so I didn't want to pick an MCU movie. But um, I thought, you know, Marvel's still in our wheelhouse. So I think it was basically me and Paul that decided on Spider-Man 2. Um, and Jeff kind of was forced to come along with it. But I thought, it's why not? So, well, it's very on brand for for both of us. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, what was your just initial sort of spoiler-free-ish thoughts then on Spider-Man 2? Was it the first time you'd watched it or have you seen it before? Ooh, well, I, I, I had seen it before because I, I, I saw both of these two films, one and two, at the pictures. I didn't see number three until I got it all on DVD years later, but uh, but I was there. And, and it's actually one of the very few Marvel films or superhero films of any description that my wife has actually joined me to see and enjoyed both of those things at the same time. Nice. Wow. That's that's the double dream win, isn't it? There, you didn't expect that one, did you? I <laughs> <No>. huh? <laughs> saw, so, like Paul, um, I saw them in the cinema and, and the third one as well, uh, not on IMAX uh, back then. Um, <laughs> um, and I've seen them a few times uh, at home as well um, over the years. But um, when I watched Spider Man 2, I was trying to think how long it had been since I last saw it, yeah, and um, ones, actually. It's it's going to be a long time. Uh, yeah. it, it's got to be twelve. Well, yeah, easily twelve years or more. I.e., it predates the MCU. Uh, well, so anyway, if there's, uh, we'll just probably jump into the film. If there's uh, there's nothing else really to add, I don't think about that. So uh, just uh, beginning with uh, the uh, the opening scene, which I think is probably what my favourite opening scene in superhero cinema because it has Alex Ross art that recaps the first movie. <laughs> which I absolutely adore. Mm. Um, and I think Danny Elfman's music is fantastic. I think his, <gasps> uh, yeah. his yeah. theme over this is probably, again, one of my favourite, if not my favourite, superhero stuff. Maybe a con uh, contender along with his Batman theme. Um, yeah, yeah. Danny Elfman is overlooked for doing iconic superhero themes, I think. Um, but yeah, I like it, that it's, uh, it's got a little handy recap of the first movie, but it does it in such a way as it's not just like, last time on Spider-Man and clips yeah. or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, it does look really nice, doesn't it? It's um, uh, often these films have um, you know, end, end credit kind of title sequences like that, don't they? That are, mm. you know, an animated piece or whatever, and and they're often really, really nicely done. And and these uh, this this one on Spidey Two was was great. Yeah, like you said, the artwork on it and the kind of comic style to it, and, and you know all the different kind of layers and movement and everything to it looked great. Awesome. Yeah, it is quite nice, actually. And, and, and like you said, Mike, as well, uh, the, the fact it kind of recaps the first film. I was thinking when I saw it, because what I did, actually, I watched the first half an hour or so of Spider-Man 1, just kind of get my head into the zone. Into the zone. And, then, and then I went straight into Spider-Man 2. And it occurred to me that, actually, there, 
pretty much the same. I suppose there are some little differences, I, I guess, because it's got the comic panels in between the webbing as it, as it kind of goes on. But it, it struck me as being a little bit like Superman 2, you know, when Superman 2 starts and then you get the whole recap of the first film as it goes through. That was an amazing thing that I noticed. Capital yeah. Letters in, in all of that. Not the last time the, this film will be compared to Superman 2 later. <laughs> oh, as well. so, yeah, um, yeah. A couple of things later oh. to bring up. Um, <laughs> I made notes on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> so one quick side note as well. I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but this Go film on. is written by the same guys who created Smallville. Um, Alfred Goff and Miles Miller. <laughs> yes, yes, that, yeah. There's a huge amount of. I've got it. I've got it on my phone. Oh man, yeah, we got some fun <laughs> talking about this. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I've I've been a big fan of Smallville for a while, even when they left, and everyone yeah. says it went sort of downhill because I'm a big Superman. Fan. Um, Superman and Spider Man are my guys, so uh, I appreciate. We'll be there. It, yeah, we'll be there. So uh, moving past the credits, anyway. Um, I love the the little Peter Parker narrating in these movies particularly at the start and the end um I, I think it's well written and memorable and i can i can pretty much quote from memory the opening uh monologues i guess that peter has in both of these um i like that it gives him a bit of a rich inner life and some actual depth yeah. and it shows that he's he's unlucky but he's not an imbecile uh, and his mm -hmm. life is actually taken seriously which allows the humor to be more natural and effective that's just me having a dig at spider-man homecoming so just <laughs> just take <ignore me. laughs> Uh, so, did, where, would you guys agree with me on that one, or completely? Go on, Jeff. Um, uh, no, uh, I was I just, just going to drop it now. Uh, I really enjoyed this film, and I and I and I did, and I do really like it. I think it, it has a lot of excellent stuff in it, and and it it was the ultimate Spider-Man film. And then they cast Tom Holland, and I realised how. Peter Parker and Spider-Man should be presented on screen to be as true to the comic as possible. Hmm. Fair enough. I can see a lot of people that, that, that would agree with you on that. And I do, I kind of see the kind of, certainly the quippiness of Spider-Man that's never entirely been there before. Yeah. Garfield, yes. Andrew Garfield tried, but yeah. Yeah. It, it, um, it was sort of getting off uh, track a little bit here, but um, uh, Maguire was really good, but I, I always kind of like, I'm not, I'm not putting him down at all and saying I didn't enjoy it, but I always felt a little bit like, was he too old for the part? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and I can see a, a little bit kind of confusing in that way. Whereas Andrew Garfield, you know, he, he was also good, but I think he was trying too hard to be cool, which wasn't quite right for, for the character. Like you said, Mike, you know, Peter is unlucky. It's the park of luck, isn't it? But he's, yeah. he's not stupid, far from it. But, you know, just you know rubbish in in life kind of gets in his way a bit and um you know he, he, i uh i felt that um the the homecoming and far from home uh rendition of spidey and, and peter was spot on um, awesome. and, and and i love them uh, i just i love far from home it's just there's moments in homecoming where i think peter's just a little bit too like i said he just comes off as a bit of an imbecile to kind of forget that he's super intelligent and shouldn't be asking Tony Stark to make stuff for him, you know? Um, but that's neither here nor there. That's not a, not the movie we're discussing. But yeah, I do really like, uh, I think Tobey Maguire is probably still my favourite Peter Parker. He, he does miss the beat, I think, of some of the quippiness of Spider-Man in the comics, especially. Yeah, um, there, there was one bit in the, um, in the bank where 
where they're, he's fighting Doc Ock and he, he, he does make a gag there about the change or something, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I thought, yeah. oh, that's good. Because in my head, I thought he's not quippy enough. So when that happened, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, there is a bit of it. But but when you read the comics, you know, people are always There's like, shut up, Spidey, stop yeah. making jokes. And, you know, that's like yeah. his thing, isn't it? You know? We were saying in our uh, Homecoming podcast that, um, well, I mean, I, I was talking about the, the, the Spider-Man who's watching my friend's house in the 70s. The late seventies, mm. I'll be honest with you. And <laughs> Spider-Man in film version back in those days was um, was he? What's his name? Hammond. Um, Nicholas Hammond. Yeah. Nicholas yeah, yeah. Hammond. Yeah. There you go. And I, I remember <laughs> me, and my friend. We were so excited when when that what was it ninety minute film came out, yeah. and, and it was shown on ITV. We literally it was we were counting down the days, the hours, the minutes, the seconds until it came on, and we loved every second of it. It's pretty rubbish. I've never seen it since then, but it's probably rubbish. It's but really bad if you watch it now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but it's a bit like probably I haven't seen it, but you know Doctor Who from from back in in the day at the time, it, it was good, wasn't it? You know, it was as good as it could be. Choose your next words very carefully. You here, know, <laughs> production limits and things, but it's about the story and the enjoyment of it. You know, always about the story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think that's that's something that this film does to bring it back. I think yeah, the story, I the story yeah. is as important as the action, which isn't yeah. to say the action isn't fantastic as well. Oh, but... Yeah, <laughs> this is you know, there's no denying that this is one of one of the best you know comic films, and um, you know, I think you're right, Mike. You know, the action in it is is brilliant. It's awesome. Year. Yeah, Raimi's got a really unique style, um, and and it works really well for it. But yeah. also, there's a lot of character stuff in it as well, and yeah. which again, you know, Paul and I have talked about on the podcast that you know it's great seeing stuff blowing up and people fighting and blah blah blah. But you you come back to this stuff because of the characters, and and you know Absolutely. this film doesn't forget about that side of it. Absolutely, um, yeah, I'll get to that as well later, certainly, but because uh, I think it's very important. But yeah, so as um. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm just going to, um, I just want to cut in there. Paul, it sounds like Mike has uh, structured this podcast. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I try. <laughs> Normally I tend to, well, we're experimenting with different things. So on the last review that I hosted, I tried to do it as like, we'll talk about the writing and the direction and then, but that just doesn't work because you inevitably end up discussing the end of the movie straight away and then yeah. your mind goes over. So, <laughs> oh, no, we'll just... <laughs> I've been reprimanded for that, haven't I, Paul? Yeah. <laughs> we both have. We've reprimanded. <laughs> We, we don't have oh. a <laughs> I'm, we're still getting used to it though i think all of us aren't we so well, yeah we'll, we'll be fine i've enjoyed your you guys podcast i'm sure you've enjoyed ours so. loved it yeah sweet awesome uh yeah i like that um as i was talking about like peter having natural problems and stuff about you know having to deliver these pizzas um, yeah. I do, I do pizza, think it's, uh... <laughs> which is on bleaker street it's oh, i was so surprised it's actually a real pizza place isn't it is it <laughs> Yeah, it's it, it, Joe's Pizza in Bleecker Street actually really properly exists. So, and, and that's just down the road from where Doctor Strange lives, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. But that's the thing, right? Because I thought when I saw it on his helmet, like two, three, three Bleecker Street, Joe's Pizza, I thought, I wonder if it's related to Doctor Strange. So I went straight on Google, I you know just put in uh, Bleecker Street because I couldn't remember the um, the address that Doctor Strange lived at or yeah. where the, the, the sanctum was. But I thought if it's two, three, three, that is an amazing coincidence, or they've written it into you know. But then. 233 Bleecker Street comes up with Joe's Pizza. So then I thought, well, somebody's put in a fake web address or something. But no, it's a real, real pizza shop called Joe's Pizza in Greenwich Village in New York on Bleecker Street. That's brilliant. It's amazing. And then you look at all the that. comments, and there's comments there saying, uh, does Spider-Man still work there? And all, Peter Parker? <laughs> yeah, they're probably sick of that. And all that stuff. Brilliant. <laughs> Sorry, that went right off topic there. Didn't no, it? that's I cool, because I think that's... I didn't know that. That's brilliant. 
It's a fun, funny wait, wait, thing, wait. But... Just hold on, Mike. I think we've uh, just reached something which is quite monumental here. Um, I have come up with something which Jeff doesn't know. I'm, no. <laughs> I'm, quite, I'm amazed <laughs> within the Marvel universe of stuff, you know. It's uh, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna put that one on my wall, <laughs> just take it off. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I think uh, you see, it's a bit of a side it's thing, but I think gone. it is all, uh, it is all related because I mean, the likes of Stanley and stuff used to always say, you know, that these are set in the real New York, these stories mm. that not like fictional places like metropolis or gotham it's new york city it's yeah. the city you know outside of your window if you're an american i guess and uh i think that level of reality i think just brings it down to earth and grounds the kind of swinging around the city kind of stuff so yeah. uh completely but i do think as i say if, in that scene as we kind of get him racing to try and deliver the pizzas i do think it's important that we are shown spider-man saving people yeah. straight away as well um, they didn't need to put that scene in, but the fact that it's there, I think, says a lot that he still tries to be the hero. He saves the little kids, and you get that little bit of humor. And, uh, you know, as, as he actually arrives at his destination, you get some quality, <laughs> a little bit of slapstick because uh, it's not yeah, Spider Man gripping. The, the, the brooms in the cupboard, yeah. Completely. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Sam really knows this kind of stuff. He could do it in his sleep. He's grown up yeah, on these kind so, of three stooges yeah. and stuff, and uh, you can completely see that. But, uh, one thing I did uh, note throughout this as well is how many surprising kind of big celebrity cameos there are of people. That's, that that's, up that's Emily Deschanel there, isn't it? Yeah, in, I was just going to say that was the first. <laughs> yeah, she went on to do Bones for ten or eleven years or something, and you know it was quite a successful show, wasn't it? Yeah, huge. But she's also the sister of uh, Zoe Deschanel. Emily Deschanel is huge now, but it's probably just a random actress that got in in 2004 yeah yeah but, uh, anyway so then uh, we go on to the the whole daily bugle stuff uh what can you say about this other than oh, it's absolutely oh, pitch perfect I love it it's <laughs> so good it, it, it's um just just everything you kind of ever pictured literally yeah. of, of absolutely Jonah in the comics yeah. you know he just explodes off the comic doesn't he he just, just yeah. comes to life right there on screen exactly how how you how he is in the comics it's Brilliant. Yeah, I think it's quite telling that they've never attempted to do this since in the other two yeah. versions. Yeah, we've never seen the Daily Bugle, and when they did bring back J. Jonah Jameson, they just made it J.K. Simmons again. Yeah, yeah. like, well, no one's going to do it better. The <laughs> great performance, isn't it? He's he's chewing the scenery. He's clearly enjoying it, and and all those bits are really nicely timed and and directed and and performed. You know, there's like yeah. it, you know the, the way he's. You're 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 fired. You're unfired, and and then yeah. people walk into the room, and he turns around, and fires off a line at them, and then the next person walks in. Do you know what I mean? It's all choreographed brilliantly. Yeah. It's, it's it, so good. It's entirely yeah, just that screwball comedy, and it's great. Yeah. And that's where you get the kind of Spider-Man humor. I think that yeah. the character isn't necessarily giving you the jokes, but you've got scenes like this which bring you the humor in the movie. And like you say, J.K. Simmons is pitch perfect. But I also thought yeah. um, his uh, Sam Raimi's brother Ted has kind of the put upon guy uh, is brilliant as well the guy who's like uh comes up with the name later on in the movie and he's like oh, i don't, I don't like that yeah i thought that was um hank azaria a young <laughs> hank he looks like him yeah fair enough uh no it's uh ted Rimmy. he's always he always has yeah. some kind of role in sandwich movies he's right. like he's very yeah, there's various zombies and Evil Dead and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I just thought he's good and I like that um, in terms of the character of Spider-Man, I like that Robbie Robertson, even though he doesn't have a huge role, they remember that he's kind of on Spider-Man's side in the comics. Yes. Yeah. Um, so they keep that as part of the movie, which was it was one of the things that stuck out to me the first time I watched it, because I was like, you know, 
people have obviously read the comment get them. Yeah, and, and Betty, they've got Betty Brandt there, haven't they? Yeah, Elizabeth yeah. Banks as well, man. Before oh, she was, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I was watching. I thought, who is that? I couldn't picture it, but yeah, you've yeah, you got it. Yeah. yeah, just Elizabeth Banks had a black uh, bob wig. Yes, <laughs> yeah, it changes uh, uh, enough, doesn't it? To to you like, I kind of know who that is, but I can't, I can't think. I just yeah. Can't quite. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I'm, I with, uh, <laughs> I'm with you guys though. That it's a nice touch because obviously Betty Brant, Peter's first love in the comics, and she's yeah. still kind of sweet to him, and uh, yeah, on his side as well. But uh, I thought that was all cool. Get into uh, the university where we meet Doc Connors. Yeah. The second time in these movies. Uh, which I'm sure you guys agree with me. Dylan Baker just completely done dirty. He was set up to be playing the lizard in these movies for three movies, and then he just misses out. And the lizard yeah. did amazing Spider Man and if freaking Reese fans, and he didn't get the chance to do it. <laughs> the, yeah, uh, when I, I forgot that he he had that cameo, and I was like, oh yeah, that's cool, and it never never paid off like you said. And then of course they did it in Amazing Spider Man, and it was. Yeah. A bit lame. It, it, no, I mean uh, Dylan Baker was in all three of these movies, and he was clearly being set up. I mean, he's he's got the having to kind of keep one arm hidden to show that yeah. he's, the yeah. he's the actual character with the missing yeah. arm and that. And I remember just watching these at the time, thinking he's setting this up. He's going to do lizard, yeah, and then yeah, yeah. just got in that he never got the chance. But uh, hey, I mean Billy D. Williams got to play Two Face eventually in a Lego movie, so you never know somewhere yeah. down the line. Really. <laughs> Uh, I love that the uh, the plot at this point starts interweaving the characters in a in a more organic way. So you mentioned that Peter's kind of failing at school because of the Spider Man stuff, but he's going to do a paper on Otto Octavius, mm. uh, which links them together. And then it turns out that he's linked to Harry through Oscorp because they're funding yeah. the experiments. Yeah. Um, which you know could seem trite, but I think it actually brings all the story threads together quite easily. It is. I, I think you, you need something, don't you? Because otherwise it, it's either a string of incredible um, uh, consequence, uh, not consequences. Coincidences. Coincidences. Yeah. That's the word. Yeah. Well done. It's yeah. either a string of incredible coincidences or just nothing makes sense. There's no reason at all. But do you know what? It's like we've just got to get to that part, just get it, you know, move through the story, go, go bang, bang, bang. So it is a little bit of a coincidence, the fact that Doc Ock just happens to be a mate of Harry's and he's supplying him with a tritium and, and all that sort of thing. But do you know what? It just works. So my my, my opinion with a lot of these things is just go with it. It's a comic yeah. book story and that's what comic books do. they got to tell the story in as few words as possible. Just get yeah. to it and make it as exciting yeah. it, it, and engaging as possible. You're, you're right, Paul. It, it's Yeah, it, it is a little bit, you know, kind of manufactured in a way, I suppose, but it never feels it. And it always, like you said, Mike, feels organic. And uh, you you could look at it and, you know, like with anything, if you really wanted to, and just pull it apart and find holes and you know, issues and everything. But what's the point? It's more fun to just go with it because it, it works. Yeah, I think it works because this comes from actual character. It makes, I mean, it, there's logic to it. Obviously, is Peter yeah, as a scientist yeah. would, you know, be studying yeah. Rock and, you know, Harry is in charge of Oscorp now that Norman's dead. So that yeah. it's, it's, there's logic to it. And yeah. I think it helps that it's not really just a smooth transition because of Harry being kind of a bit edgy toward Peter, for want mm. of a better word as well. Yeah. So it's not like I'm going to set you up because we're best friends and everything's fine. It's kind of like I'll set you up, but I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm aware you're taking pictures of the bug and all this and, uh, Mm. Yeah, uh, I like that bit of tension, but I like the whole uh, when they get to the house and stuff. It's the start of I've put the whole cast as outstanding, and uh, I know it's not to everybody's taste, but I love all the kind of melodrama stuff for want of a better word. Mm. Um, so I love like the Peter and MJ, will they, won't they? I love the yeah. tension. 
the tension I mentioned with Harry kind of feeling mm. like Spider-Man's responsible for his dad's death. I love the straight from the comic type Aunt May is in financial trouble kind of plot. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's another yeah. bit, you know, when they're at the bank later and, and Aunt May and, and Peter are there and, and of course it's the, the same bank at the exact same time that Doc Ock yeah. turns up, yeah. you know. <laughs> You could criticise that, but what's yeah. the point? Because it's it such doesn't a matter. Again, does it? it doesn't matter. Yeah, you know, and, and, to the story. Yeah, you've got it's to get like that you, confrontation as well, haven't yeah. you? That Spidey and Doc Ock now facing off, and yeah, yeah, it's it's believable enough, and 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 it works rather than like you said, Paul, it it being you know hours of, of you know yeah. other things happening before yeah, you yeah, get to yeah. a a you know a scenario where they meet like that and it and it works and you you know you get a great sequence out of it so yeah. you know it's worth it it is just because yeah. you need to get him there and super, spider-man mm. isn't superman so it can't be like there's a bank down the road i'll be there in 0.3 seconds <laughs> you, you wouldn't want to have like i'll swing around for 20 minutes before i can get there you know yeah 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 i do uh I, I personally think um maybe this is just me but i think the Maguire dunn scenes are brilliant i think there's actual if they're written well, but I think there's real chemistry, which I know some people disagree with. Um, yeah, maybe I'm one of those camp, actually. Yeah, I, I, I think I, th I think they're well played. Yeah, uh, and there is a lot of very nice dialogue in in this film, like the scene with Aunt Aunt May and um, Peter. You know, when he he tells her about oh yeah, 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 that's, yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that's beautiful, brilliantly yeah, done. I like but I think M MJ in these films, is, and I'm aware that in Homecoming, this is the same but she's not the comic version um you know in in the sort of you know model and all of that kind of type stuff and and that's yeah. that's only kind of surface level stuff but yeah i, I yeah didn't... it's kind of uh, the weird thing about these films i think is that they kind of swap gwen and mj because mm. yeah, mj is very much the kind of girl next door first girl you ever loved that should be gwen and then when gwen appears in spider-man 3 she's a model yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like they've, <laughs> they've literally just swapped those two characters over um but yeah so i i, I kind of like those scenes but maybe it's just because again i like these films and i'm a sucker for that kind of parker melodrama you're not romantic night mike yeah, yeah i am i am at, the, at heart yeah nothing wrong with that mate nothing wrong with that no, at no. All. And, and i'm not saying i don't like it at all it's it's um you know it's just not quite uh you know accurate it's i suppose into it, do you think is it does, does that yeah, kind but, of get in your in, in in the way of your enjoyment of it perhaps because you're you're comparing it to your version of the comic in your head yeah yeah and also the way you know the, the films now you know at the time you know when i first watched uh you know these spidey films yeah. you know i i had i'm i'm sort of yeah it is a great film um but but as the years have gone on uh you know it, I look at it slightly differently, so I do really like it, and I think there's a lot of great stuff. Like I said, you know, I think the scenes are really nicely performed between them, but it's not um, that they just weren't quite quite on the money with, with the characters for me. Mm. But it was never enough that I didn't like them, and and if these were the only Spidey yeah. films we'd ever get, I, I'd think they're excellent. Yeah, I, I know what you mean because there's there's kind of a growing thing where things can be a lot more faithful to the comics, and they're not ashamed of it. And it's always a bit disappointing when you see things going backwards and oh we don't like the x-men movies were always terrified of bright yellow costumes and stuff yeah well, and that's the thing like i said I, i'm not a fan who you know i'm not furious that uh you know hugh jackman is too tall to play no, uh, no. Green. it doesn't bother me and whilst i'm saying that you know the mj wasn't quite right you know it, it doesn't bother me it's it's just um you know and i think you know the the performance and everything was still really good if you see what i mean yeah completely 
Um, but yeah, I just love that the film keeps on, as I said, it, like in the comics, it keeps just putting on more and more onto Peter Parker. Mm -hmm. So he's already just seen this kind of Aunt May is in trouble and he's had Harry have a go at him. And then you get MJ saying, don't disappoint me uh, to be, and you just know he's not going to make it to that play. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, what does he keep saying? There was a disturbance, isn't it? And, um, you know, when, when they, yeah, when he said the, that. The, yeah, there was all something, wasn't it? I, I must, I'm, I, I must be honest. I, th I made the note on my phone about here that actually I thought I've got it here. Actually. It's a bit tedious. All this moping around, you know. So on, on the oh, one hand, we've got him moping over MJ constantly, and on the other hand, yeah, it's it's almost like it's almost like they did the, the the filmmakers, the story writers, you know, on the set are, are trying to think of every single way they can put an obstruction in Peter Parker, every single way to beat him up, every single moment where he there's a bright spark of hope and happiness, they got to snuff it out. And it, I must admit, I, I I was getting a little bit bored by all of that um round about that point really you know just before okay. just before he doesn't turn up to, to the theater it's like you know it, it, it's almost like the film spent too much time doing that it's almost like you know i've kind of i've got the message now get on with things you know what i mean it's like I, i've got it now let's let's move on let's but yeah. every time when they're at the party and the volivants come around and he goes to get one they're snatched away yeah. from him or another hand comes in and then when he does get a drink actually it's somebody's leftovers so it's <laughs> they, they, they're, it is funny but i just yeah. wish they'd maybe trimmed it down a little bit it's like yeah that would be my counter would be i think sam raimi at least makes he, he saves it from being too bleak because you'll tend to have a couple of scenes that are like yeah. you know or do, don't disappoint me and harry's upset and then you immediately get the kind of the guy asking for rent which is yeah fair enough it's part of the parker's troubles but that scene within itself is kind of funny mm -hmm. um so the guy's asking for the rent the guy's kind of asking for his he, rent he and pushes him front of him for the bathroom doesn't he the toilet. <laughs> yeah he comes back out rent uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know if you guys are aware of this. You probably are if you're big Marvel geeks like me. But that character's name, Mister Ditkovich, is um, a reference to Steve Ditko, co-creator of Spider-Man. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I knew that. I'm being I'm being schooled tonight on a couple of things, yeah. which is <laughs> We've been revealed as amateurs now. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I've, I've been <laughs> doing this for years. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I've uh, I don't know if you guys know Will who co-hosts the podcast with me usually the the other guy who's uh, doing the film reviews I've got him started watching the MCU and he's he's watching Spider-Man Far From Home as we speak Oh is he's, he? All oh, right. Only started watching the MCU 2 months ago cuz I made him and he's blasted his way you through made him. You almost made him caught do it. up Oh yeah, I was into. I was like, if you want to be friends with me, buddy, you've got to know these things. You've got to do first, sunshine. <laughs> but no, I, I love that he's loving it. It's kind of good so through the new eyes as well. But yeah. we, it's like like we we've had for our podcast, you know. Yeah. And, um, when uh, when Paul didn't like Winter Soldier, Cap, you know, Captain America too. I'm with you, by the way, Paul, on that one. And I, I oh, always get you, really? for the same reason. <laughs> Brilliant. Good man. Well, yes. I'm so sorry. My, my internet connection appears to be. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, but, you know, but we, 
you know, we we talked about, it, didn't we, Paul? And you know, yeah, you you had your reasons for it, and it was all fair enough. But I did think, oh God, if he's not like that one, what hope is there for, <laughs> for the rest of this? <laughs> you know, the podcast is going to have to stop five films in. But fortunately, it's uh, hate that we'll just get. Yeah. <laughs> so, what did you think of this film? Well, I hope you do as well. Um, it was it was only that one. Yeah. Talking about now, I've got some plot now. We have just finished kind of the scene in uh, Peter kind of like getting oh, yeah. more and more beaten down and we're switching to now he's um, he's having tea with um, Doc Ock and his wife. Uh, mm. And I think worth noting, Alfred Molina is brilliant throughout oh, this movie. He is absolutely brilliant. Yes, yeah. well said. Yeah. I like that this scene in particular, it actually emphasizes that Peter is like a genius level intellect. Yeah. They make a point yeah, yeah, of referencing yeah. his intelligence and yes. that it's a gift. Um, and, and he gets a ticking off, doesn't he? Octavius gives him a, a real ticking off. Isn't yeah, because I mean, he's, he says, doesn't he, that your, your tutor says you're brilliant, but you're lazy, and you yeah, know, that's uh, it. you're lazy. Yeah, it's it's kind of it's almost a mirror of the great power, great responsibility, but with exactly. intelligence in yeah. place of power. Yeah. It's yeah. like yeah, yeah. if you're smart enough, you've got to you've got to use it, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I do love that. I think for me at least, um, Otto and Rosie are a clever kind of mirror of Peter and MJ when they're talking about how um, he wooed her with poetry and she doesn't understand science. Right. And she's, yeah, yeah, yeah. she's the kind of pretty redhead that he and finally he married. he on with, with MJ, doesn't he? And exactly, just, yeah. yeah. Kind of cringing about, oh my God. <laughs> going down the poetry it's The worst possible moment as work. Peter Parker tends to get, <laughs> get it wrong. But uh, <laughs> yeah. The other note I made around these parts is that there's a great soundtrack to this movie, which I always forget in the, yeah. it's notable in the Lincoln scenes where it gets like pop scenes, pop songs to link like Parker going places or show you his mood. Um, obviously, we've mentioned Danny Elfman's score's brilliant as well. So there was uh, they they played the Butch Cassidy and Sundance kids on, didn't they? Rings yes. up the bar and, yeah. there. and not only played the song, but also recreate the visuals from the film as well, even to the point of the freeze frame yep. at the end of it. You know, it's it's brilliant. I, I, See, I didn't it. know that was from that because I was thinking from it's in Forrest Gump. Just That's on my <laughs> No, it's good. It's Raimi level kookiness, isn't it, really? But yeah, I love that. Um, again, I made a note at this point because it's when Peter's supposed to be going to the play and he gets um, distracted by having to uh, find the, fight the robbers and stuff. Uh, made a note that there's some brilliant CGI because earlier in the film it was kind yeah. of ropey for me. Mm. Um, when he's yeah. swinging through the, with the pizzas and stuff, I was like, oh, this hasn't aged well. But then in this particular scene, I was like, see, this one they must have spent more time on because this, I think, looks fantastic. The action's brilliant in this scene. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's that's a good point. Yeah, there's a couple of bits of CG where now, you know, I noticed it on the train sequence in in the wider shots, not on the the, the train or the scenery, but on on him, uh, on Spidey. And there's a couple of fairly ropey um, Doc Ox as well. But at the time, it was, you know, it was cutting edge stuff. Yeah. You, you uh, didn't think, you didn't know any different, so no, no you're right. I, I think what what uh, what really sells it for me because I was I was massively impressed by how great those action sequences were yeah. in general, the CGI, and I think a lot of it comes down to the storyboarding and you know the whole choreography yeah. of the shot. And if I remember, one of the great things about this film when it first came out was that the choreography, that you know, the whole dynamism, the way they shot Spider Man, the way he swung through the mm. streets, the way the camera revolved around him, three sixty up and over, side to side through buildings around the webs through the webs yes, through cars, through. it was really really groundbreaking at the time and it still really impressed me last night but paul's right you know the these bits are, are brilliantly uh, I, kind of storyboarded and, and also like i said the way Raimi shoots stuff it's, it's quite rare that you can get away with the crash zoom 
in, yeah. in anything and he makes it work in this because that's his style and it fits yeah, yeah. the the emotion of of a scene like when um mj and peter are standing in the wreckage of the um coffee shop and you and you hear the thudding noise and it and it yeah. bashes in closer on them you know it's, it's that that sort of danger is, is getting near you know like when i'm out filming with my guys you know and anyone does a crash zoom i'm like no please don't do that it's horrific but there are times usually in music when you can get away with it and and i wouldn't normally do it in a narrative piece but he makes it work yeah. i just it's always cool. call it the evil dead shots when something like that happens because it's yeah. having yeah. watched those weirdly first like way too young i recognize yeah. all of the stuff because with it being like a weird out there kind of horror you can get away with it and yet yeah it's just it's Remy's directing language anyway isn't it it's like the scene when um you know Doc wakes up, and you get the shadows and, you know, there's more crash rooms and whip pans and stuff like that. Yeah, it's really kind of evil dead at that point, and um, Very, yeah. it's his style, so I'm, I'm excited to see that kind of stuff. with Especially with considering, yeah, Doctor Strange as a character has yeah, no physical yeah. limitation, so what mm. he's going to do with the camera yeah, and stuff there is going to be... Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> but no, I made the same note, which I may as well mention here. There's a couple of things where... I just think the web swinging is so dynamic and so fluid. It really is. Um, yeah. And when it, when it goes to the trouble of having him in this particular scene that I was up to, he kind of goes through the linking part between a truck and its um, carriage. Yeah, uh, that's right. And then, yeah, yeah he, he spins, doesn't he? Yeah. And yeah. at the very um, in the train fight with Doc Ock, he gets flung through the bridge and he just mm. goes straight through the holes in it. <laughs> and I was like, this is the kind it's, of yeah. thing. This really gives Brilliant. you the kind of yeah. the impression of that's what it must be like to be Spider Man, that cool yeah. level of like. I'm so weirdly aerodynamic and cool. And I like that the film emphasizes that when he doesn't have the powers, he just immediately looks over and he's like, whoa, crap, scared of heights kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A normal person yeah. couldn't do this, dude. You know? yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. We go anyway, we've got the Bruce Campbell cameo at this point, yeah. uh, which is standard for all Sam Raimi yeah. films. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm sure, again, you guys are aware that they were going to have him revealed in Raimi's Spider-Man 4 to have been Mysterio. In like oh, a little really? three credits, yeah. Uh, yeah they said because he looks like he's playing a different character because he's like the ring announcer at the wrestling in the first one. Yeah, uh, he's the snooty usher in this one, and he's the the waiter who's pretending to be French in the third one. Uh, mm. And Remy had the storyboards you can find online that he was going to be like the initial first twenty minutes defeated villain in Spider Man Four, uh, and it was going to be revealed he's Mysterio and he just loves getting yeah. into these roles and these characters. And uh, just, so it's kind of a shame that never got to happen. Really, yeah. <laughs> during the scene when he's been kind of sho shoved away from the theater, you get a lovely use of the Spider Man sixties yeah. cartoon theme yeah. song on the yeah. violin, the and you guys would have appreciated that. And, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. This is the first time that he kind of um, starts to lose his powers. So again, but because things are getting a bit dark, I think, and a bit hopeless, that's when you get the humor. And I think Raimi shoves in this scene where he's in the elevator and the guy's kind of like oh nice spidey suit where did you get it is it that's quite funny because actors always talk about how their suits are you know like christian Bale couldn't turn his head yeah. and you know they they have to be unzipped out of these things or have you know wee bags because they can't go to the loo properly and stuff like that so yeah when he says you know it rides up a bit and it's uncomfortable it's probably <laughs> Just yeah. actually, yeah. The, the, the sort of the, the perfect pause, and then the the brilliance of it rides up in the crotch. Specifically, yeah. it's just like, oh, that's hilarious. But uh, yeah, bear with me because this is a tiny bit of a um, more involved note that I've made. But it's just to say that I love this plot idea that um, you're criticizing earlier, Paul, uh, about Peter getting increasingly annoyed at his responsibility. So that's why he renounces his great power. 
but ultimately he has to accept his place as the hero, as stated beautifully in Aunt May's speech later. Yeah. Um, that she do you think she's figured it all out by then? I, I suspected she had. Yeah. Uh, people, you, some people on the internet have said the right. Yeah, I, I I personally don't, but I don't reject mm. that interpretation. Um mm. Because yeah, you can. It's there if you want it, I guess. But yeah, I like uh, the fact it's kind of there for you as a viewer to kind of make yes, it your own mind. It's whether not she knows or not. It's not yeah. hammered home brutally. No. You know, one thing. Or My theory with this is that Spider Man and Spider Man Two, the first two superhero films of, for, I don't know, decades that they actually got right. You know, they got the formula. I mean, Sam Raimi was working on these films. There was no formula for him to follow. No, you yeah. know, him and the create and, and the writers and the whole creative team, the designers, the illustrators everybody got together and made this thing and they they forged the the, the template i think for so much more yeah yeah that came afterwards Absolutely. you know i think it all starts really in the 21st century right with these two films spider-man one and, and, and two and everything else we enjoy after that it all began there the thing about Spider-Man is that we've all been there. We've all been Peter Parker. Sometimes, yeah. you know, we are Peter Parker, really. You know, there, yeah. there's always something relatable in that character. Whereas with the X-Men and Blade, we, you know, it was he's like a vampire or something, isn't he? We don't yeah, really don't relate to. We we might pick up on certain parts of their struggle because they kind of reflect, but they're they're on a different level. You know, the X-Men are on you know their level, Blade's on his, and but Peter Parker is is the human in all of us. You yeah. know, wherever we come from across the world i think we're, we've all been in that place where the whole world seems to go against us where the girl of our dreams just doesn't want to know or yeah. we, for whatever reason we just can't make something happen and at the heart of it we all want to we all want to be spider-man you know Absolutely. what i mean and he actually that's, can yeah. be spider-man he is spider-man that's why and i think um into the spider-verse it hits isn't it everybody always says it's because you can be anybody under that mask and everybody yes, relates absolutely and so, right it yeah. <laughs> home, doesn't it? yeah yeah completely i mean uh and having a black character i think is more important to that as well so you can see yourself if you happen Definitely. to be a person yeah. of color uh, as a newer spider-man the miles morales version as well so but uh yeah i think uh, in particular this film don't bring it back to it i think it's it's for me a glorious examination of real heroism and it's got real depth mm -hmm. and gravitas to it um i picked up on the inspiration from superman 2 as i mentioned earlier which is yeah, yeah, more yeah. or less the same plot which is i want Loses to be with lois i give up my powers yeah. but now there's a threat only i can handle so i can have my powers back um and obviously the inspiration the main inspiration would be the comic spider-man no more Amazing Spider-Man issue yeah. 50. They literally um, recreate that shot, don't they? Yeah, they do, yeah. It's brilliant. My next, yeah, no, yeah. Awesome. I yeah. love that they did that. They recreated the cover shot in that, exact with the Spidey suit in the trash can. Love that to bits. Yeah. Uh, next scene is a scene that I remember loving in the cinema and still do, the Doc Ock creation scene, I, I call it, um, <gasps> yeah. where he's kind of, he, he's experimenting and it goes wrong yeah. in that classic mad scientist-y kind of way. Yeah. Um, Raimi doing action, I think, just always works for me. He's a master of tension with a little touch of horror really so yes, the, yes. the reflection uh, great description yeah yeah the reflection of like um what's her name rosie's face in the glass yeah as she's about to get yeah, killed without actually seeing anything yeah, yeah. Um, that's exactly that what i was thinking yeah it's just it's 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 those horror tropes that Raimi created and made his own that, that coming to life on it in, in a superhero film because it's also a comic book as well isn't it you know you could see yeah. that as a comic book panel absolutely I, just, I love it love that sequence from beginning to end it's brilliant and uh yeah I, i'll ask you guys after we've said about both of these because they're kind of linked but then obviously you've talked about it earlier the hospital scene where they are trying to take off the arms 
and it just literally turns into an Evil Dead movie. There's no two ways about yeah, it. it does. <laughs> to, the, <laughs> to the point that you have somebody reaching for a chainsaw for crying out loud. Why is it there? You've got characters screaming. Yeah, you've got a character being dragged away, like as if they're being dragged into the oh, cellar. You've got Dutch yeah. angles. I just think this is a scene study within itself. If you ever want to study Sam Raimi in a nutshell, just watch yeah, this scene. And again, I really hope we get something akin to this in Doctor Strange because that's where you can really go crazy with the kind of weird horror. Um, And I do love the fact that briefly when you get to the uh, bugle after this about the the fallout from the thing, we get them naming Doc Ock and you get a a Doctor Strange name (laughs) drop, which now I find really ironic. Oh, that's right, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Ironic, isn't it, I suppose? I've completely forgotten about that. And then when I watched it again, I was like, that's good but it's taken yeah yeah then we get to we get to the bank anyway that you were discussing earlier and uh this is our next cameo by joel McHale from community who i think was not famous at this point but has gone on to bigger things right (laughs) Uh, i think it's key that when the uh, when doc ock attacks you get the line from him of that boy of yours is a real hero which hits the theme because he's saying it sarcastically but it's kind of true yeah 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 yeah, he's got no idea has he yeah exactly and that leads to again another great action scene uh, where Doc Ock kind of kidnaps Aunt May and uh, they kind of it tussle. It. It's brilliant. Well, the, the and sheer chutzpah of that. You know, the, it is the bravado exactly of doing right, it. Yeah. But it, I love it, in that that bit where they're climbing up the um you know the building and she's hanging on to the uh, with the umbrella and then oh, you yes. have the, the the twist around on it that that actually uh you know she's basically on the ledge the whole time that so was so genius yeah to drop a yeah. Of slightly and then thanks the cherub <laughs> thank you yeah. <laughs> yeah i love it but i love that again from that that action scene's great enough on its own but it comes from character because you get those mm. little moments but it also more importantly changes may's attitude towards spider-man which yeah. you need because earlier she's like the less said about him the better and mm. we need that big speech so this is where she turns around and she's like oh yeah. i was wrong about you um, and of course, you get the Stanley cameo saving somebody from some rubble. That's right. Yeah, it's got to be done, <laughs> um, isn't it? The next scene was something that I'd made a note of because during the uh, audience interaction that I'd asked for, somebody had said that they were unsure about the Peter's loss of his powers and how he gets them back. Uh, and I've said, if you actually watch this scene, I think you get it all explained for you there. Um, the doctor that he goes to was talking about, he, he's disguising it as, oh, it's in my dreams and whatever. Um, yeah, it's a friend, isn't he? So yeah, the, the the fact that the guy says my diagnosis is it's all up here in your head, mm-hmm. and you always have a choice. I think that's all the explanation you need. It's psychosomatic. Yeah. He can he can switch it off. He can switch it back on. Yeah. Not with ease, but um, and so he basically just decides. You know, once he gets so it's, exasperated it's with everything, him to control it in a way, isn't it? You know, it's exactly to, to accept who he is and what he what he does and make a decision, make the choice. The choice is in front of him. Yes, mm. which is always the the Peter Parker thing, isn't it? You know the power and responsibility it's your choice at the end of the day but uh that does give you that fantastic uncle ben dream scene which surprised me at the time because i wasn't expecting uncle ben to come yeah, back yeah. Um, but it's very powerful that it cements that idea and that peter's very much like rejecting the face of with great power comes great responsibility, yeah. literally yeah. in that line um and then we've mentioned after that you get the kind of the raimi cookiness the raindrops keep falling on my head and the freeze frame um, <laughs> yeah after he's dumped his suit and he's made, because that, that's obviously the significant moment, isn't it? He, you know, he's, yeah. he's had Spider-Man, he's done it, that's it, end of no going back. And then, yeah, the raindrops keep falling on my head. And also, he, he um, is, is there a moment, was it then or was it a little bit later on when he can't see, and because it, it, which reflects the moment in Spider-Man 1 where he, he wakes up after doing his transformation, yes. puts yeah. his glasses on, 
and everything's blurry, takes them off and he can see. And it's almost like the reverse of that at some yeah, point yeah. around here, isn't it? It's I when think. he, um, yeah, well, a couple of times at first when he loses his powers, he kind of has to put the glasses back on because everything gets blurry. Yeah, yeah, but then when he yeah. gets them back at the very end, um, he's got the glasses on and he has to take them back off again. Yeah, and uh, they smash forever. Like, as if that's it now, yeah. he's Spider-Man, there's no going back. Completely, absolutely, yeah. Oh, that's a good point, yeah. But um, I do love the fact that we get that kind of kooky scene and then we immediately follow that with actual anguish at Peter because he has to walk away from somebody getting mugged. Yeah, getting banged up. Uh, yes. Yeah. I just love yeah. that the film never ignores the weight of Peter's choice. It points out that yeah. it is his choice, but also points out that, that there's weight to that. You know, you've got to... It never makes it easy for him, I guess. Yeah, and, and, and also reflects his his choice in uh, in you know in the origin story when he um, he, he steps out of the way the guy who was going to yeah. rob the the other you know escaping with the money who ended up shooting shooting Uncle Ben. It's sort of you know again he walks away. It's almost like that's that's an innate part of his character to to walk away from danger because. And when you think about it, let's be honest, how many of us, you know, if we saw someone really properly getting, I know it's a bit comic book, but really properly getting getting beaten up, there's there's not that many people who would actually go in and because yeah, no. you, you don't know what's going to happen. But, you know, for Peter, who can do something about it, he's got his super strength and the awareness and the spider abilities, he could do something, but he definitely chooses not to again. You know, yeah. and it's it's it's. I find that quite a quite a cold moment. I liked it because it yeah. was cold, you know. But it's a real. It couples really well, I think, that. with a scene that comes up later on where it's really drilled home. But I'll get to that when we when we reach that scene. Um, but yeah. again, I just like that the film's not ignoring it. It's not like yeah, well, he's yeah. decided to away. he's decided to have a normal life, so now everything's happy and great. It's like no, you have mm. got to be aware what you're leaving behind as well. But you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we've touched on it, but I think Peter telling Aunt May the truth about Uncle Ben was a real surprise to me as well. was not expecting that. And in terms of some of the brilliant dialogue in this film, uh, the line, Uncle Ben was killed that night for being the only one that did the right thing. I've just written the mm. note, F me, that really hit me for some reason. I don't really know why that is, but uh, yeah. So good. then we get to the scene I was talking about, which is the next scene, which is um, he kind of runs into a fire to try to rescue someone. Uh, I just think that scene is beyond heartbreaking and shockingly bleak. It's yeah. great because it shows that Peter still is heroic without powers he and decides yeah. to do something. Yeah. But it hammers home the reality of that for ordinary people because without his powers, somebody still died. Mm. Uh, so it's kind of, again, that reveal at the end of somebody else was trapped. So you didn't, you know, you weren't really able to do it. I think that's a perfect shorthand sort of showing, not telling way of saying yeah. this is one of the reasons why Peter would would do that and then you do get him kind of coming home and saying it's not fair why can't i have what i want yeah um, and then that leads to the beautiful scene with ursula the neighbor coming to um yeah that's quite tender isn't it it's quite a nice moment there i was always a little bit unsure what that scene is for but then watching it now i'm like the mm. fact that this comes at peter's lowest point when he's literally kind of appealing to to god of why can't i be happy why can't i have my way it strikes me that this is perhaps the film showing you that people can be kind and that they're worth kind of protecting because yeah. Ursula's kind of there for him and like, oh, come, come here, sit down, have a bit of chocolate cake. And um, so I think that seems actually in retrospect really important, a lot more than I realised. Um, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I, I think Peter Parker needs his needs his allies. You know, like yeah. you were saying with the guy in the in the Daily Bugle, uh, you know, yes, who's sort of supporting him. There's not many of those people around in the film at, at that point. Everything seems to be against him. Everything is against him, even his own actions and the choices he makes. And just occasionally, there's these nice little rays of light. That, you know, these un unwarranted kind of um, you know acts of kindness, as as you put it. You know, she he didn't ask her to go down and and have a little chat with him and get him a piece of cake. She went there on her own accord and. People can do that, you know. Yeah. We, we we can 
do nice things when we want to. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And uh, speaking of the emotional kind of core of ideas like that, this is when you get Aunt May's speech, which again, yeah. as you guys have both kind of uh, seconded, it's my favorite part of the movie. It's just epic. It perfectly sums up everything that resonates with me that I love about superhero films. Uh, by using comic books as the actual reference, I think is really smart as well. Mm. Saying that, you know, kids need heroes, people to look up to and people that will get us through the day-to-day -day issues. And mm. uh, I think, yeah, I just, <laughs> if there's a scene in the film that drills to my core and just wrecks me, it's that scene because it's so good. And it sums up a lot of my life, I think, in, a, in hmm. such a succinct way yeah, and a lot of what yeah. these films are good for and what they do, while also um, giving Peter as a character the motivation of like, that's why I need to be doing what I'm doing, you know. Yeah. Um, and and yeah. Uh, and that's why I also sort of took that bit that May knows, you know, the yeah. secret at that point, and uh, you know she's sort of, uh, you know, using the the neighbours at the kid from across the street to as a sort of you know encouragement to to get over, get back out there and and do it again. Yeah, it's also um, I, I think really clever that at the end of the scene, various bits of dialogue come back to be important. So. Doc Ock references when he realizes who Peter is, brilliant but lazy, and um, mm. Peter kind of appeals back to him by saying, you said intelligence was a gift. Uh, and when Ock says that he can't give up his dream, Peter uses May's speech and says, sometimes to do what's right, you have to sacrifice things, including yeah. your dreams, yeah. uh, which I thought was like, that's a brilliant use of actual dialogue in the movie, uh, which gives it that extra kind of oomph. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the next scene is kind of just a random thing, but it was when Mary Jane asks John to kiss her but upside down. Yeah, that's the infamous kiss. It's worth pointing out the original film, while not necessarily as good, is vital to your understanding this one. Yeah, if you haven't seen the original film, yeah. that scene is meaningless completely. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I love the... We, we're getting into the scene now that I know you particularly love, Paul, with the coffee shop. Um, where it's all about <sighs> Peter so taking, uh, it, it's all about Peter taking back his responsibility with her now because he sort of hinted at wanting to get yeah. together with her even though she was engaged earlier and yeah. stuff. And now she straight up asks, "Do you love me?" And he responds, "I don't." And that's him taking that responsibility. Yeah. And her yeah. her calling out his BS with "Fine, then kiss me." So I need to know something. <laughs> I think well, it's, is, it's it's one of you know his his whole things about. You know the secret identity is to protect his his family and his loved ones and everything. I love this scene, and I know, as I said, Paul, you, you already wrote on Twitter that you got goosebumps when he starts I, to. Yeah, uh... I, I did because I'd forgotten all about that scene, and and as soon as I saw them, uh, the, the 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 opening shot of MJ in the coffee shop, it all came flooding back into my head because that was the trailer I think for the. It film. was. I was just going to say I made a note of that. It was the teaser trailer, and that's why yeah, that scene yeah. always sparks my memory as well. <laughs> and I remember seeing it. I, I can't remember what I must have gone to see. It might have been a James Bond film or something like that. It was Casino Royale around about the same time. I, I can't remember. But I think it was around the same time. Actually, yeah. it, it might have been something like that, or, or it might have been a Star Wars film, Attack of the Clones, or something. But or the other one, Avengers: The Sith. Uh, anyway, get back to the point. But I remember when that when that car just flipped through the the window and the whole glass breaks, mm. and that's a beautifully framed shot. And yeah. Okay, it's CGI, and all, it doesn't matter. It's just gorgeous and it's impactful. And when I was watching it in cinema, I, was, I jumped out of my seat, and and that feeling came back as soon as I saw the cafe, and I thought, yeah, we got this to look forward to now. Yeah, and, yeah. and that, so much good stuff from this. And that scene is a is a, another good example of, of one of the reasons why I love you know comic films because you you yeah. get some really good character stuff there and it and it's yeah. you know there's some good emotion to it and and then it goes straight into uh, you know a crazy something like that, that. The, the, yeah. the big double page splash yeah. almost, yeah. isn't it but, yeah. but it doesn't feel 
it doesn't feel out unbelievable within the context of the the world that they've built there. Yeah, completely. Uh, but that, that was one slight criticism that I had, but it's kind of a funny one, is mm. that um, Doc Ock kind of tells him that Peter will lead him to Spider-Man and so to kind of put some pressure on him. And Doc Ock's response is to throw a car at him. And I was like, yeah. what was his plan? <laughs> it's kind of lucky that it seems like Peter's Spider-Sense clicks in, because otherwise it would have been like, where's yeah. Spider-Man pile of goo on the floor? <laughs> Just yeah. him He's on that yeah. car tire. You might have to pick him out of the treads with a spoon or something. Yeah, yeah there is that. But again, it's comic book films, isn't it? Course, you know, yeah. our, our suspension of disbelief is massively yeah. stretched at this point. We just I forgive it, but it's one of those things that I just find amusing yeah, if I was yeah. making a kind of um, one of those internet how it should have ended type videos, I would definitely have that scene be that it just mashes Peter and then Doc Ock's like, oh, I'm going to have to tell Osborne about yeah. it. <laughs> but yeah, and again, I do love the scene you're on about where he you get the immediate dropping of the glasses and he clenches his fist as he takes the, the powers back, I guess. Mm. It's just iconic, isn't it, really? So, um, and then this whole fight, everything from the clock tower to the train, oh, for me, brilliant. is it's the, best, the best 20 minutes or so in superhero really? cinema for me. Never better. Yeah, absolutely um, agree. I mentioned really earlier really. the frenetic pace and the aerodynamics of it. Mm. I just think it's it's stunning. And I made very little notes because I was just watching it because it's just thrilling to watch generally. Um, but... Yeah, it, I is, love it the, is brilliant. Uh, yeah, I'm just looking at my notes actually. I'll put on here, uh, still awesome. Yeah, you know, and I haven't exactly. written anything about the actual fight <laughs> or, or that that sequence because it is brilliant. I, I think as yeah. Jeff pointed out, you know, there, there, there's maybe one or two frames that you can see where the CGI doesn't perhaps quite work, but yeah. honestly, it doesn't matter because yeah. the, the so much good stuff like, in the it, storytelling yeah. behind yeah. those sequences. They're on the tier stuff. They, they're on the top of the train, then they then they shift to being yeah. on the side. But because of their abilities, they're still, you know, upright in in theory on it. So yeah. there's all these different kind of you know levels and dimensions to mm. it. And yeah, uh, I love that scene as well because it's like they remember what these kind of people can do. So the scene that you would never think of, where Peter's like shoved forward and he would fall in front of the train tracks, but his feet still stick to the train. Yeah. 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 He just like planks and then pops back up. It's it's so just brilliant and genius, but it is, um, and, and they never forget about, like you said, that yeah, they don't forget about the abilities of these people and the way they use Doc Ock. In fact, actually, we we it's it's criminal we haven't done this. We sh we haven't mentioned Doc Ock's arms at all. Yes, yeah, But you know, I mean, on the one hand, I I, I love the way Spider Man throughout this film sticks to things. Incredible yes. adhesion, you know, he just <laughs> sticks to everything. It's brilliant, <laughs> and the camera plays with that, right? And yeah. the same thing with uh, with Doc Ock's arms doing all kinds of stuff. The the puppetry, the, the 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 way they move, the way they almost have a personality of their own, mm -hmm. is brilliant. And it sort of that also reflects in the first film, doesn't it? Because you got you've almost got this this um, this, this dichotomy of personality between Norman Osborn and his mask, right, which is played mm -hmm. throughout the whole of the first film. And you've got shades of that with Doc Ock and his arms. Also, the you know there's oh, more this than just shades. I think fragmentation it's of, of personality with, with yeah. within the technology that the, the bad guys have. And it's I, I like that the, those three from one film to another it shows the filmmaker who's in control and, and yeah. confident or at least exudes confidence through it but well, it's, it's brilliant sorry go ahead am i right in thinking that the arms are obviously cgi sometimes but sometimes they were puppeted as well they were puppeted yeah guys puppeted, in blue yeah. with things on rods mm -hmm. yeah yeah um, it's funny you mentioned though about them having a personality of their own because again i'm probably telling you stuff you already know but the <laughs> uh, the arms were given names by Sam oh, really? maybe 
Yeah, um, who were they? I didn't know them, that. Uh, he called them like Harry, Larry, Curly, and Mo, uh, yeah, and kind yeah. of directed them as if they were their own thing. Which, which um, you should, because they they do. They even like talk to them at some point. Yeah, yeah. they make all these little noises, don't they? Don't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I've got the, um, the the rather expensive action figure of Doc Ock that I've had since this one came out as well, oh. and I love the arms on it because it's got the yeah. the two sort of triangular little ones and then the bigger ones at the bottom, and it's yeah. just such a cool design. But that's yeah. just a moment of geekery from me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. why not? But, but the the thing that made me think about that was was in how they crashed through the windows of the train and and yeah. sp split people apart to get the Spidey and you know all all the stuff all the the the, the way they move and the way the camera moves and, and counter moves with them, it's it's still good cinema to this day. Absolutely, almost yeah, twenty it, years later, it's it does. groundbreaking. I'm so I'm so excited. Sam Raimi's coming back to the Spider uh, the, the the MCU. Yeah, you know, I just honestly like we said earlier, it's it's. It, I'm, I can't wait to see what he does. And he I'll tell you something himself. else about the, the train sequence I've noticed as well, because we go on about bad CGI or, or whatever, or you know, but I noticed there's there's a there's a top shot, um, you know, camera on a crane looking down, and it might be a model or something, or it could be CGI. I don't know. I can't tell the difference. Jeff could, but I couldn't. But I noticed <laughs> there's like dents in the roof of the carriages yeah, where they've yeah, been yeah. fighting. So it's well, yeah. a lovely attention to detail uh, that could mentioned. easily yeah. be lost in a lot of other films. And yeah. again, it's something that even pro filmmakers like Jeff, for example, may not even see. But it's the fact they put it in there, right? Is is yeah. just a you know, it's it's like nice a, a love to the to, to their product to what yeah. they do, you know. And and I have to say the the ending of that that train sequence, I didn't expect it, right? But I, watching it last night, I I actually felt quite moved by it. You know, in spite of like stretching it, it's yeah. it's almost like um, I, I'm pretty sure that the thing in the, you know in Homecoming where he's pulling the boat yeah, after the boat together is kind it's of a homage to that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but when they, you know, when when he, he he finally stops the train and it's taken every last ounce of his strength out of him, and then and and then Doc Ock is still he's still you know in in control in charge in power he's, he might not crash a train but he's still the guy who's calling the shots here and yeah. he's going to take Spidey and he's got no strength left and and everyone goes like are they, are they holding first don't they they put their yeah, arms yeah, on the all train the, hand, stop all the hands oh, it's very uh, religious in, imagery yeah. heads, <laughs> which is really really corny when you think yeah. about it and in the wrong hands could be just ridiculously distressing but it's I, I honestly I thought it was such a beautiful moment I was yeah. I was going to a little bit choked up, Mike and Jeff. You know, I was I agree, little, yeah. little um, my throat going there. I and, completely agree. I think the reason that it works is that you have all this talk about heroism and stuff, but this actually yeah. shows you the point of the strength That's of the hero. Exactly, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, uh, dead it's, right there, mate. It's Atlas yeah, holding right. up the world, isn't it? Effectively, yeah. isn't it? So, um, it it's and we all have to chip in. We all have to come together as a, yeah. you know, as a people, as a community, yeah. to, to help each other get through these these, these moments, yeah, you know, these dark times. And... It's exactly what you said earlier, though. It refers back to that, which is that Spider-Man and Peter have no allies in the movie, barely. Yeah. There's like Robbie, kind of, and Ursula. And then at this point, you get the entire train full of people that are just... And they're going to keep his secret as well. Yeah, I love that and, um, moment when 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 he, his mask comes off. Oh, it's, all, yeah. it's off at that point anyway, isn't it? And it's when they sit him down in the carriage yeah. and they go, "It's just a kid." That honestly, that, that bit, yeah. really got me. You know? No older than my son. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, bit. and I knew um, it was I, coming as well because I remember it from the first time, and and it still got me. I, I think Ox Redemption, Doc Ox Redemption, is brilliant, touching, yeah. and makes sense. It, it and I does, really yeah. hope it's not cheaply undone in New No Way Home. Remember that Doc's last lines are, I will not die a monster. And he knows yes. who Peter Parker is, so you can't forget that either. And I love the MG and Peter stuff. I love the line, this is really heavy, and the double meaning behind it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I love that he kind of confesses oh, yeah, yeah, his love. 
thing. Yeah, yeah absolutely. He confesses his love, but then it sort of um, explains why they can't be together. Yeah. And I, I think that scene is directed really well because it's got like sweeping shots worthy of like romantic melodrama and the performances to match. And I think it's perfectly hitting the tone that they wanted there. Um, the only other two notes I've got is obviously the, the goblin reveal is fantastic. Uh, yeah. Reminds you that the film is packed and gives us quite a lot because again, yeah, wouldn't yeah. have expected that going into the movie. Uh, and no, again, no. I've mentioned earlier that it kind of pays off Harry's story in a great way, but it's a shame the sequel didn't deliver. Yeah. Uh, and just in terms of the ending, I adore the ending. I like that heroism is finally rewarded. I love the the lines. Isn't it about time somebody saved your life? Uh, which hits home, and then especially one of my favorite lines ever: "Go get him, Tiger," because it's uh, MJ becoming MJ for me, and. Uh, yeah, well, I love that. Face it, Tiger, you hit the jackpot. jackpot. You know. Absolutely. Yeah. Anytime she says Tiger, I'm with it. But I love that it's um it's got that kind of heroic upbeat shots of him swinging away, and uh, mm. but then the camera still kind of gives you a quick second of MJ looking a little bit distraught and a bit sort of can this work? Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> at the very end. So, uh, did you guys have any other last notes about the last sort of few scenes? Or uh, no, I, I think you've uh, you, you've picked up on some good points there yeah that because the last shot of the film is on mj's face isn't it and i think there's all sorts of things going on there you know he's, yeah. she made the right decision you know he's swinging off into danger again you know will she see him again uh do, you know th there's a lot going on isn't there if there's nothing else i'll move us to the audience interaction section just quickly then okay um, go for it these are the uh, comments from Facebook that I asked. Uh, I put a picture of the Doc Ock and Spider-Man train fight and asked what people thought of Spider-Man 2. Uh, my friend Gary Shaw just said, that's an iconic image in cinematography there. It's a shame the third film was so awful. Um, and my friend Christopher Michael Woodburn says, it's my favorite Spider-Man movie and it has my favorite ending. Uh, so that's literally the only feedback I got on Facebook. Over on Twitter, um, at Hans Carl said, for me, it's the best Spider-Man movie ever made, hands down. Watched mm. it again not long ago, and it still holds up after all these years. It's excellent. Maybe he uh, hasn't seen Homecoming. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Uh, Max, <laughs> Max Ingram at Sleeping oh, Love's Die said, um, Epic, probably my favourite of the Spider-Man film, the transition of Peter into the wider world of college and working in the city. Love Doc yeah, Ock and the troubled cool. scientist behind the villain. Tons of great moments, especially Peter stopping the train. Uh Jay Red yeah. said, uh, still the best one out of them all, in my opinion, was a great Spidey flick, and Raimi really got to lean into his horror roots. It yeah. seems like the Doc Ock surgery massacre. Um, fun fact, multiple children started crying while I was cackling like a loon in the theatre during that part. <laughs> Thanks for sharing that, Jay. Shouldn't laugh. <laughs> we shouldn't, but it's still quite amusing. Um, mm. At Mangler112 said, simply, it's the best Spider-Man film to date. Shame part three got ruined by studio involvement. Um, Chris at Shelf Nerds said it's still my favorite Spider-Man film, even though the Holland films are my favorite Peter Parker films. Uh, Mario Rodas said still one of the best superhero flicks and easily the best Spidey. It's not hampered down by franchise building or team up crap. Mm. Just an accessible story about a kid committed to a cause pushed to breaking point. Paraphrasing Ebert, it's a superhero film for non-fans. Uh, mm. Yeah, Herald, definitely. Uh, yeah, I agree. That's related to what you said. Herald of Creation just briefly said Alfred Molina elevates this to something more than just a superhero movie. That's with the just a superhero movie part, but never mind. <laughs> yeah, he, he does, but I don't think it's him alone that does it. No, no it's, it's the environment that creates yeah. him to do that, and everybody yeah. rises to it. You know, Maguire, uh, uh, Kirsten Dunst, everybody. They, yeah. they, they up their game in this film from the first yeah. one, I think. You know, Agreed. Extreme level. Completely agree. Um, at Takar and Gollum says, best Spider-Man movie, possibly best superhero movie on my short list of absolutely favorite movies. 
Um, <laughs> Ashley G, uh, I wanted to sort of mention this one because it relates to something you were talking about earlier, Jeff, which is, um, she says, I was talking to a friend of mine and we thought that Toby Maguire was a good Peter, Andrew Garfield was a good Spider-Man, but Tom Holland is good at both of them. Um, which I think is a great way to kind of quantify that. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I would. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tom Slukanich. I'm probably butchering that. I do apologise. Tom Sly. <laughs> well, we, we always get people tweeting, uh, and I don't know how to pronounce their handles and stuff. I apologise, Tom. But uh, yeah, you, Tom just says um, my favourite when it came out and still is to this day. A perfect example of what a sequel should do: take everything that was good about the original and ramp it up. Yeah. Uh, at Camos Mill said, I enjoyed it back in the day, but was never really clear why the power stopped working and did later. I talked about that earlier. Um, mm. Alex Rose has said, best one of the lot, Spider-Man 1 in second place and Spider-Man 3 miles down the list. But it's not Jaws <laughs> the Revenge and Superman 4 bad, just bad. Random <laughs> Spider-Man 3 review there. <laughs> um, and Stefan Lehneman said, still one of the best superhero movies with a great Alfred Molina as villain by accident. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just, yeah. yeah. There's a lot of depth to him. He's he's not just a raving bad guy, is he? There's there's a lot. Of, there's a real motivation, and you know the the sort of descent into yeah. madness and everything. He's, he's, just, played, uh, he's played brilliantly. I, 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 this is Alfred Molina's crowning glory for me. Do you guys want to give your conclusions first, and then end on mine, and uh, we'll do it that way? Or okay, Paul, do you want to go first? Oh crikey! Um, I, I, I'm not sure what I can say that I haven't said already, actually. But I, for me, it's it's still an impressive film. I was surprised at how much heart and soul it had, and how relevant it still seems watching it nearly 20 years later, mm. and how much it seems to me to be the template of all superhero films, mm. all popular superhero films that that have followed it. I absolutely loved watching it. Yeah, I'll, um, yeah, I'll second Paul. Really, um, whilst my personal favourite now is is the Holland films, this is a this is a great film and, and absolutely one of the best superhero films that's that's ever been made because it it focuses so much on character and as well as the action um, and and it really draws you into it all. Awesome. And what would you guys give it out of five stars then? We'll start with you, Paul. Oh, I don't know. I don't know, really. I don't, I don't really do rankings, Mike. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> well, I'll give it, we don't have, do I'll, I'll give it a, I don't know, 4.977671 or something. Well, we'll, we'll call it um, 4.5 or we'll call it 5 yeah, and round yeah, it up. Yeah. 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 Um, what would I give it? I, I, You know, if you've listened to our podcast, you know that I basically like everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'd probably say... For me, this is a five-star film, but okay. then if I compare it to the Holland films, I'm probably going to give it a three. Oh. oh. So what, are you, uh, what are you coming down on then at the end? What's it's your so protective thing? of Tom, little Tom Holland. <laughs> it's like your little baby or something, like your little Tamagotchi, <laughs> like your little Gollum or something. You just want to protect him and look after him, right? <laughs> So uh, you yeah, love what, that guy. What are we coming down on then? Too, but, you know. Uh, I'll, I'll, give it a, I'll give it a five. You give because it a five. It is a, yeah. five good man. Awesome. So that's two fives uh, so far. Um, and I'll give my well. quick, well, I say quick conclusion. It's a quite a long couple of paragraphs and just a review. I'll get a cup of tea while you do it. Have you written your conclusion? I have, oh, yeah. Oh, I'm just, that's that's really, did you see that, really, Jeff? 
We are so unprofessional compared to Mike. (laughs) We've got to up our game. (laughs) Bear with me because this is going to probably put you to sleep. But anyway, uh, my conclusion is, wow, just incredible. Or should I say amazing, spectacular, astonishing. Uh, An absolute benchmark of superhero cinema. One of my favorite movies ever. Still, in my opinion, the best Spider-Man movie and my definitive favorite. It's pretty much flawless, or at least I can't really see any flaws. And I don't care because it does so much so perfectly and that stuff really hits. Yes. It's a brilliant story of heroism, growth, and finding the strength to face life no matter who you are, but wrapped in the package of the hero we need to help inspire us, just as May says. Uh, My joint favorite comic book character just understood perfectly and truly given his dues. Writing, direction, editing, cinematography, music. The whole package contributes to the alchemy of a film that I think is one of the best examples the genre will ever provide. So naturally, I also gave it five stars. (laughs) (laughs) So suffice to say, I uh, kind of vaguely like this movie. (laughs) (laughs) That is all right. Yeah. So, yeah. So just. uh, <laughs> just a bit. Just to uh, round us all off, that obviously makes the average pretty easy to work out. So for the overall podcast, which this week is myself, uh, Paul, and Jeff, we would give it five Yay! out of five. Five uh, out of five. The second perfect score the podcast has had. Uh, so just remains for me to say thank you so much for you guys to uh, for oh, taking part in the great well, come on here. It's yeah, been a really good time. We could have probably talked literally all night. Um, oh, we could, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, <laughs> we, we often do. <laughs> yeah, we have that on every recording night, don't we? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I do. No, thanks for inviting us on here, Mike. It's been an absolute pleasure. Really, really enjoyed it. Thanks. And yeah. To it's, watch it's the film been, again. Yeah, it's been great to watch the film. Yeah, like I said, you know, it's been it has been years since I've seen it. it, it you know, it, it predates mm. MCU starting. So to, to watch it again has been a lot of fun. And Definitely. and to chat like this, you know, Paul and I always have a great time talking each week and, and to talk with someone else who's as uh, you know, into it all and as passionate, passionate about as, it. As you, yeah. that's, that's really good. And a little bit geeky, like all of us. Yeah, oh, good. I'm, I'm You're not alone. Bit. I'm a massive geek. Go and listen to the um, MCU Corner to Corner podcast. Uh, where, can, uh, where can we find yes. you guys? Uh, our Twitter is at MCUC2C, the number two. So, um, yeah, in case in case you don't know, uh, you can cut this bit if you want, Mike. But we, we look <laughs> at the films in, in order. Uh, and uh, I've seen them all multiple times. Paul's never seen them before. Uh, and we discuss them and uh yeah we just talk out on them yeah 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 i love the dynamic it's a great podcast i thoroughly recommend listening to it and uh it's very similar to what me and will are doing introducing ourselves to films here because it's very much jeff introducing so, paul i think to uh some of these and occasionally with surprising results like in the case of winter soldier Right do, do keep in touch and we may have to uh, when we come back for our next series we may have to have you on again and maybe look yeah. at another, another Marvel or a DC or something but uh, yeah let's do, do this again yeah absolutely really and uh, yeah can, uh, congratulations on the podcast doing well and uh, hope it long continues and you can find us obviously at screen under podcast as always I'm at Ian Mike Wilson on Twitter uh, join us again next week for another special guest episode will is coming back to join me uh, but we're having another three-person review because we're being joined by my good friend gary shaw who runs the thursday the 12th horror blog and the three of us are going to be discussing the movie aliens so oh, that's... i'm gonna tune in for that one <laughs> yeah. one of the all-time one of great favorite films ever yeah it's a great film and uh, we should have a lot to say about it we all have having yeah, personal connections tuning in for that one mike Definitely. Um, yeah that'd be good Awesome. Uh, that will be the last episode, I think, for a little while. We're taking a break because I'm going off to do a Star Trek podcast for a few weeks. Ooh. Um 
discussing Star Trek episodes with various friends and Twitter folk. We'll stay in touch and we might have you guys back on again as well if you're game, but uh, this was yeah. great. And yeah. thanks Have again and uh, good luck with the podcast. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. Thanks, Thanks, guys. See you later. Bye.